0: Luis Armas, welcome to the show. What's going on? You like Luis? Is that okay? Or Luis? What do you prefer?
1: It it really doesn't bother me, but um, Luis is the correct way of saying it.
0: But if somebody says Luis, it doesn't make you cringe or anything like nah, that? Really. No, you're fine. It's happened a lot, I'm sure. Nah, huh?
1: Yes, it does. <laughs> I've had all kinds of crazy ones. And you are... Any other pronunciations? No, uh, I mean, I've had some weird stuff, but... Like man, what? What, what um, do they say? Well, the, I think the, the worst one is Luisa. Luisa, yeah, because my last name is Armas, so... Okay, I guess they kind of just roll it off. I don't know; it's weird. <laughs> that went on, yeah.
0: Okay, now you are here at Saint Faustina on your pastoral year. Yes, right. So, how long will you be here?
1: Probably to, I'm guessing May. So, yeah, so almost a to year. The summer, yeah, almost a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's
0: cool. And then after that summer, you're going to go back to into the seminary. Yes. Okay, and then you'll begin your classes all over again. Yes. Okay, so we have you full-time here. Yes. And how's it been so far?
1: Man, it's been a blessing. Um, this place is amazing. Didn't really know too much about it coming out here, uh-huh. um, outside of like KYA and some of the stuff that some of the seminarians I talked about, but to actually see the place with just one building. <laughs> a very small building, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> a very small building. Um, but the amount of people that actually come here, the amount of families that are here, it's it's been impressive. I'm really impressed. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you've been all over the place here in Houston throughout your you know your your time as a seminarian. But where mm. did where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up in North Houston, uh, little like not 45 and 1960 area. Okay. Um, grew up there, and then I went to high school in Spring, uh, Klein Oak in Spring. So I've been living out in Spring since high school. Okay,
0: and then. At during high school, is that when you had the first thoughts of uh, becoming a seminary?
1: Uh, not really. Um, I guess when I really thought about actually becoming a seminary, it was in college. Okay. But I guess the idea of maybe being a priest came around growing up, going to St. John Newman under okay. Monsignor Francis Eugene Francis. Um, but it was something like maybe, but that was a that was a thought way out there. Uh, it, just one of I those things. I wasn't pursuing it for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know, I might want to become a priest, something like that, huh?
1: Yeah, like it could be an option. But so
0: you grew up Catholic? Yes. And both of your parents yes. as well, cradle Catholics. So you had the whole uh, Catholic um, upbringing?
1: Yeah, then- I guess for the most part. I. Um, it was interesting because so I grew up playing baseball my entire life. Okay. And so as I got older, I got more competitive and eventually mass became less of a thing because it was getting in the way of the game so okay yeah yeah so yeah i did grow up cradle catholic but i stopped going to cce after first communion so
0: okay because it took a back seat to Mm -hmm. to baseball baseball. which Mm -hmm. took a lot of your time so did you play in college baseball yes i played three years okay what position first base all right so you can you do the whole splits thing when you I, grab-
1: You know, what's like, crazy, so I used to be able to do it, but what's crazy is I actually did it the other day, this past semester, uh-huh. playing with the guys at seminary. Just, I just reacted and my foot slept and just kept going. Oh, No. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't mess anything up, <laughs> thanks be to God. I'm just going to say it's muscle memory, but yeah, apparently I can still do it. All right.
0: Yeah. So is there a... Because I know there's a priest versus seminarian basketball game. Is there a baseball game No, as well? I wish there was There a.
1: should be one. I'd definitely be down. Oh. At least softball. That'd be fun.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah softball at least, right? Yeah. Because um, if I'm not mistaken... Didn't Father Chad used to play baseball as well? Yeah, we had that guy's up?
1: played everything, yeah. <laughs> so, But yeah, he played baseball. So, we had a couple. We actually have guys at seminary that knew, or at least back in the day played. Oh, so you can get some pretty good teams together
0: then, huh? Hopefully. Well, oh. I mean. We got we to gotta explore that one.
1: We do, we do. Right. It'd be nice, it'd be nice. Write a letter to the Cardinal. <laughs> no, because after COVID, I think he's Uh-oh. he's not a fan of a lot of these sporting events. So. Well, it's outdoors,
0: you know? Who knows? It is
1: outdoors, but if they all get COVID like the b- basketball guys did. Oh, I mean? is that what happened? Yeah. I think there was a scare with the priest practicing. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's was... pretty scary. Yeah, Yep. Yeah, you got you got to worry about those types of things. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe Maybe when things get better. Yeah, we can we'll uh see. you know and, and there's less of a fear and all that we can
1: yeah i might end up being a priest by that point but yeah there yeah. you go
0: you'll play on the priest team Nope. Yep. <laughs> all right so you said you you grew up and then when did that first thought in college come in to to be you know pursuing priesthood
1: um really was yeah my two years because I, I was in chicago for two years okay um so and was, baseball brought you there mm-hmm so you got recruited by the college? Yeah, I had a scholarship to go play out there. So okay, I took off. What school? It's it's just a community college. Okay, called Oakton. Um, but it was it was crazy because the night before I entered um, that I took off over there, in my prayer I just I made a promise to God that I was going to go to mass every Sunday. Okay, It's just like, I guess I just had this desire that I still wanted to continue to grow in my faith or whatever. Uh huh. And I didn't really know what I was saying at that point. I just knew that... I knew Mass was important, Yeah. so I had to go to it. And uh-huh. now that I was kind of, in the sense, free, uh, I was going to make it part of my priorities to go out there every Sunday. And so I did. For the most part, I found a little parish not too far from the apartment I was staying at, and uh-huh. I just did it. it was so it was there where, like, after I would pray... I, I would pray after receiving uh, communion, right, and... Uh, Say like a little prayer, like, for example, Lord, continue to watch over my family, keep them safe, stuff uh-huh. like that. And then like if for I guess for me, it's like, Lord, I make me a baseball player or make me a priest. i So it's I one or the other. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like getting married. I just don't really see myself getting married. Not to say that like I don't like marriage or I don't think it's uh beautiful or uh-huh. anything like that. It's just I could see myself being in the big leagues, I can envision myself uh, being a priest. I can envision myself doing certain things. Uh huh. But I never saw myself like being the dad with four kids or anything like that. For some reason.
0: Okay. Did you have uh, any
1: girlfriends growing up? I did in middle school. Okay. Once I went to high school, I was like total commitment to baseball. Girls uh-huh. get in the way. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Uh, I basically stopped dating. Ninth grade or something like that.
0: Okay, and no, and not ever since then, even nope. with baseball, no, none of the girls trying to warm up to a I baseball mean, we, player. We
1: talked. We <laughs> I talked, especially in Chicago. I talked to some girls, but uh-huh. it wasn't anything like,
0: no, 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 the series. So, are you a, a Red Sox, White Sox fan, oh, or no,
1: Strolls for life? All right, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you brought that over there to, with you. Oh yeah, and the Texans. Okay, yeah. cool. Was there a point where you just said no to baseball? Or did it kind of just fade out?
1: It was, it was actually when I came back to Houston. So I, after college. Well, uh, I played one more year here in Houston. Okay. Yeah, Texas Southern. Okay. So I had an opportunity to play there, and it was there where I was just like, um, yeah. Uh, I guess in the sense, what happened was it. I mean, that, that was the worst year of my life. That was a year where I like, I experienced a lot of like, I guess against being against me against the world kind of thing you know um i wasn't really cool with my coaches i wasn't really cool with my teammates okay Uh, i was even butting heads with my dad who had always supported me in baseball okay so i felt like yeah it was me against the world kind of thing okay i knew i was just miserable um and then at that point i was trying to continue to stay on base uh going to mass and stuff like that Uh while playing but it wasn't as i wasn't as i get as consistent with going to mass every Sunday as I was back in Chicago. Okay. And so it was just, it was, it was all pretty, it was very chaotic. It was very, um, yeah, it was just a rough patch in my life. I will definitely say that was the roughest patch of my life. Okay. And so that made me kind of reevaluate. And I'll never forget this. I, uh, it was after the last season. I mean, after the last game we had played, we were in the playoffs, we lost. And we drove back to the to the school because you know, we were getting ready to empty out everything. Uh huh. Threw all my things in the car, and I drove to uh, the garage on campus. Okay. And for some reason, I just had this desire. I'm I'm just gonna drive all the way up. So I went all the way up to the roof, and so I was staring at the skyline of Houston. Okay. And I had heard at this point, I had heard about like the Ignition kind of spirituality thing where you make a list of, like, the do's, like, why. You make a list of why you should do something and why you shouldn't do something. Okay. So I did that for baseball, like, why I should keep playing, and I made a list of, like, reasons why. Uh-huh. And then I did one to the other side, why I should stop playing. Okay. And that list just kept getting longer and longer and longer, and this other one just kind of stayed stayed there. Okay. And so I was just like, um... Yeah, I don't know what to do with this because my entire life was just oriented towards baseball. My degree in college was for baseball. Really, what was that? B- uh, business. Okay. Yeah, I was studying business management at the time. Okay. And so, like, what that was just kind of like maybe running a team, okay. a few teams or like a, uh, a complex or something like that. Okay. Uh, like for training and stuff like that, and but yeah, so once. Once I saw that this was, like, getting longer and, like, the possibility of me playing, no longer playing was a thing. I was just like, all right, Lord, you need to give me peace. Like, Uh please give me peace to let go of baseball because I don't know what to do. And and that was the first time I had ever asked for peace in my life. Really? Yeah. I had ever asked for, like, specifically asked the Lord, give me peace. Uh Uh-huh. And he gave it to me. I had never experienced so much peace up until that point. And so I was like, all right. I'm going to hang up the cleats, as they say.
0: Uh-huh. And yeah, that was it. You knew it was the right thing. Yeah. Right away. So at that point, did you say, okay, I'm going to go into the seminary?
1: No, 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 no. I still had a lot of work to do. See, that's the thing. because like, So part of my even understanding what seminary was or what the priesthood was, it comes from my brother. I have three older brothers. I'm okay. the youngest of four. And so the third oldest... Decided to enter seminary back when I was like, I don't know, eight, ten years old, somewhere around there. Okay. So he he was out there for three years, and so in those three years, just seeing him, I guess, progress or just going through uh-huh. those years, I was um, it was very enlightening for me because like going to seminary, seeing all these guys that are thinking about studying to be priests. Oh, so you'd visit every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we went a couple. Of, I can't remember how many times, but. Uh huh. And so, like, and then he would invite guys to come over. Uh, so it was it was cool seeing, like, him and his friends uh-huh. hanging out, talking with my brothers, talking with my parents about God, about seminary, about uh-huh. just things in general. Um, so that kind of opened my, my eyes to what the process of priesthood is. But it, it was never something like for me kind of thing.
0: Okay, so it wasn't anything it, that helped you because it made it less of a foreign yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It was more familiar. Yeah. It was normal. I guess, yeah. Did your did your brother... How far did your brother get? He studied three years and then he left. And then he discerned out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now he's married with four kids. Okay, so he's the one with the four kids. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. I have... Oh, like probably 20 kids, 20 nieces and nephews, something like that. It's, oh. It's, I, I have a bunch.
0: So your your other
1: brothers are married and have kids yeah. too.
0: All right. So, so each of
1: them have four kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I became an uncle at seven months. Uh, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. That's is, how
1: big the gap is, huh? Yeah. So my oldest brother, I think was like 18 at the time when I was born. Uh huh. And then I think the third oldest, this one that entered seminary, I think he was like 16. Okay. Something like that. And so, yeah, people used to confuse me with being my oldest brother's son and, <laughs> and my parents being my grandparents. Oh, okay. uh,
0: You're going to have a lot of stories like father, dad, talking about his nieces and nephews. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and at that point, two of my brothers had uh, were expecting their their daughters. Uh-huh. And so, I was born and then seven months later, they pop out too. Uh-huh. And there I am. <laughs> I mean can't barely even know anybody and i'm already an uncle
0: did your brother give you any advice about seminary when you when you decided to go in
1: mostly just enjoy it Uh uh, take advantage of what they offer you kind of thing yeah it was that was basically it. it wasn't anything i guess special
0: was there any one point where you said that you remember that you decided boom this is the point where i decided to go into seminary
1: I mean, well, see, that, that's the crazy thing, because I don't know. Like, I guess point wise, what happened was, I guess to go into my vocation story, like, uh-huh. so after, during that season that at, here in Houston, I, uh, I was talking to my brother about possibly becoming a godfather, okay, uh, to one of his kids, and he's all like, "Well, you can't, because you're not confirmed." I'm like, well, what the heck is that? I don't even know what confirmation is. Okay. And so then he tells me that it's a sacrament that you need to be fully initiated to the church. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You needed to be a godfather. And I'm like, well, why the heck don't I have that? He's like, because you stop, you stop going to CCE, you stop getting more preparation to because of baseball.
0: Because, yeah, you prioritize baseball. Yeah.
1: And so when that happened, I was just like, well, what the heck, man? This is this isn't good. Uh-huh. Like, I, I was not happy with my parents at that point. I didn't go start an argument or uh-huh, anything, but uh-huh. I was not happy with what uh-huh. their decisions, I guess. And I mean, I didn't know any better either. Um, And so that same year that I was playing, I also, I entered RCIA. And so I was doing RCIA at my parish. Now my home parish, uh, St. Anne and Tomball. Okay. And during that, and it was during those nine months of uh, getting ready for confirmation that I priesthood was still kind of, it was there, but it wasn't anything I was really pursuing. Okay. Um, so it wasn't until that season ended, I was already confirmed, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, I'm not doing baseball anymore. So what do I do now? So I was like, I guess I got to start working. Uh huh. And so I started working, but I, and so I was. What did you do?
0: What kind of work did you find?
1: So the first job I did was uh, like uh, bounce houses. Like oh, okay. those party supply stuff, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was delivering those houses, uh-huh. chairs, tables. It was uh, it was good money, I guess, for a guy my age, at least for startup. But yeah. It was uh, it was rough. It was those were some long weekends. Oh, I can imagine because
0: after the party, you've got to pack the whole thing up and mm-hmm. put it away, make sure it's all and, clean. And it, it, it
1: rains and stuff. <laughs> it, it's gonna be a hard one. And so I was doing that for a little bit, but I mean, like, so during that time, like. Once baseball, once I stopped playing baseball, I had all this free time that I had never had before. Because oh, I was yeah. always training, I was always practicing. I mean, you name it, I was doing it as far as baseball was concerned. You realized how many hours there were in a day. Uh, I realized how much <laughs> more free time I, well, I guess how much time I'd actually committed to baseball, yeah. Uh huh. And so now that I wasn't committed to it, I was like, what do I do with all these hours? Yeah. So the first thing I did was I got into the gym. Cause I had always liked working out. Okay. Uh, you may you may not be able to tell from now seeing me, but <laughs> back in the day, I was I was lifting man. I was, sometimes I'd go up to three times a day. Really? Yeah. With some of my friends, we were crazy. Um, yeah, cause I had so much free time. Yeah. Go back to the gym. Go back to the gym.
0: Is the gym like a a safe space for you where you can just kind of zone out? Cause you're
1: yeah, I guess I just well, cause I had always wanted to be strong and uh-huh. like to i guess hit home runs and stuff like that Uh but now that i had stopped playing baseball i just kind of redirected that desire to get strong just like i used to tell myself i want to lift the world okay i just want to lift the world which i mean yeah take it however you want to take it Uh uh-huh i just wanted to be strong as strong as possible okay i never took steroids or anything like that people uh (laughs) but i did i was just lifting Uh uh-huh and so um Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, up to three times a day Uh at times. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, like once that happened, once I was doing like lifting and stuff like that, I realized there was still more that I was desiring. I guess lifting, going to the gym took away some of the, the time, but it didn't really.
0: It didn't fill the void.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, "Well, I've never gotten close to any parish before. Let okay. me try getting closer to Saint Anne, like actually getting to know the people that I go to mass with every Sunday."
0: Yeah, all the faces that yeah. you see. Yeah, because
1: like I see all these people, but I never say hi to them, never say hi to them, uh, don't know anybody's name uh-huh. outside of like the pastor. Uh huh. And so, so I started using some of that time towards going, getting more involved in the church. Okay. Um, did
0: anybody tell you that, or you just made that decision no, on your I own? No, I made that decision. Okay. Yeah.
1: And so uh, I did what any guy that wants to get more involved in the pairs would do. I became a Knight of Columbus. Okay. Uh, because I figured that would be a good way to start networking, seeing yeah. how I can volunteer at certain places. Yeah. <clears throat> certain events. And so I, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I was kind of just there, going to Mass. And then it just uh, grew from there. It's amazing how God works. Cause, like, I started going to mass, started saying hi to some of these knights that I, I was meeting. Uh huh. And then at some point, towards the end, of, this is the same year that I left baseball. Right? Okay. So I left baseball, I stopped playing baseball in the summer. And by October, I was invited to a retreat. Okay. And so I and I had never done a retreat before, so I was like, Yeah, let me take advantage of it.
0: Oh, this is something totally new yeah, for you. Yeah. What so, kind of retreat was it? Just a men's retreat. Okay.
1: So this was October of 2015. So at the retreat itself, the theme was the year of mercy because Pope Francis was about to begin the year of mercy. Okay. And so this was like a prep like a prep for what Pope Francis was was asking for during uh-huh. that year. And so and it was gonna be at Holy Name Retreat Center. And so I get off of work, go straight to the holy name, and I just drive in, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, man. This place is so amazing. Like, uh-huh. I had never experienced that before. I drove in, and it's almost like the entire outside world just, like, was silence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in a sense, like, experience peace. And just seeing the grounds, I was just like, man, this is, this is beautiful. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh-huh. But just walking into that, I was just like, man, this is... Well, this is gonna be this is gonna be beautiful. Um and so like we get there, we do the like initial stuff, talks, what mm-hmm. the the goal of the weekend is, kind of stuff. Yeah. Said hi to some of the knights and some of the parishioners from my parish there. So that kind of helped me kind of build more um not yeah, fraternity, but also uh like more connections with parishioners. And um yeah, and that was also the first night that I'd ever gone to the chapel to pray because every other time I had gone to church was for mass. Just for mass. It yeah, wasn't
0: just on your free time. Yeah. I didn't to. really
1: know that was a thing that you could go to church just to pray. Uh huh. Like, I, I don't know, like just never thought about it. Uh-huh. And so I just, yeah, I took advantage of the chapel there. Um, went and I sat in front of the blessed sacrament. I had my Bible with me and we were just sitting there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this was late. This was probably like 10, 11 o'clock. And I asked the Lord, like, Lord, I'm lost. What do you want me to do? Like, I don't know what to do with my life anymore. I don't want my degree. Um, I I mean baseball was my entire life and now I don't That was your identity. Yeah. Like I don't want that anymore. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Uh huh. Like you gotta you gotta help me. And so I asked him, like, what is it that you want me to do?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so that was the thing, like that was that night was the first time I had officially like ever surrender to god in the sense of like surrendering my will to his mm-hmm. and i asked him straight up what is it that you want me to do
0: because you thought you had to figure it out before that. oh yeah right? like
1: every everybody right like, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna play at this school i'm gonna get this kind of stuff i'm gonna get this then eventually i'll make it to the big leagues and you'll play
0: for the astros yeah i'll play for the astros <laughs> whoever takes me
1: right um uh-huh. uh, so that night i I was sitting there for a little bit and then I just opened up the Bible randomly. I opened it up to, and it opened up to Jeremiah chapter one. And it was, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I consecrated you to be a prophet to the nations. Oh. I was like, Holy moly. <laughs> like, that just hit me. Like, really? Like, the Lord knows me. Uh huh. Like, just that reality. The Lord knows me. I, I, I man, I didn't know what to do with that. I, I, I can't even explain it. Like something about that, just reading those words. I knew God had something in store for me. Uh huh. And so the fact that like, of just that reality of knowing that He knows me. Yes. It Was like, oh, okay, so. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Uh huh. So I asked, them, yeah, I asked him again. Sat there for a little bit, and then I ended up closing my eyes. And I saw myself vested like a priest with really? the collar. Yeah. I had the black collar. And then I saw myself vested like about to celebrate mass. And this is at my home parish, St. Anne and Tombaugh.
0: Oh, you saw the, the- I saw
1: myself like behind the altar at St. Anne. Wow. Vested, like about to celebrate mass. Uh-huh. And I was leaning over the altar to kiss the altar. And as I kissed it, I'm raising my eyes back up. I'm raising up. And that's when I opened my eyes. And so I see the tabernacle there and I'm just like, Lord, are you serious right now? <laughs> this is what you want me to do. So like, you had no thoughts. Then. Never like this. I uh-huh. had never saw myself being a priest in, that okay. way, in this sense. Especially, yeah, like I'm my own parish. No. Uh huh. So I was like, Are you serious right now? This is what you want me to do. And I gave I immediately gave him a million excuses, right? Like, uh huh. Lord, I don't know my faith. Right? Because I I'm a I guess, what, second grade dropout of CCE. Uh huh. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know my faith. I still like women, right? Uh-huh. I had a much more colorful vocab at that time. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you blame it on baseball, whatever. But like the last thing I want to do is drop a bomb at the pulpit, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, so, yeah, I was just like, Lord, look at all these faults that I have. Yes. How the heck could you possibly be calling me? Like I'm not worthy. I'm I am the wrong guy. Uh huh. And there must be some mistake. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't saying that God was making a mistake. Yeah, I was just giving him the reasons why I don't think I should be doing this. <laughs> okay. Like, you got the wrong guy, kind of thing. And it was crazy because, like, I guess yeah, the Lord heard all that and just say I, I sat there for a little bit with that. And at some point later, I closed my eyes again. And it brought me back to a memory of my brother when he was leaving for seminary. Oh. Yeah. So this was, I want to say this was right before he was about to leave for the first time because he went to Holy Trinity in Dallas. Okay. And so my parents and him were kind of like right there by the front door. He had just hugged them, gave him a kiss and everything because he was about to leave. And we had already hugged and stuff too. And uh, after he had hugged my parents, he looked over towards me. Uh-huh. I like, was like off to the side over here. And he said, one day you're going to go too. Oh, wow. And so I opened my eyes and I was like, <laughs> all right, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. And did that really happen? That was a real memory? Yeah. Oh,
0: as far wow. as I know.
1: I mean. Wow. I don't think it was a vision vision. I think it was, uh-huh. yeah, this is a memory. Wow. And so I was like, all right, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. <laughs> but you have to lead me because I have no idea where I'm going <laughs> with this. Like no idea whatsoever. Uh-huh. And so the next morning, like I after that, I was Went to bed, woke mm-hmm. up the next morning. I went and I spoke... Immediately, I spoke to one of the priests there at Holy Name. Uh, and I told him, I had this experience. Uh-huh. I think God's calling me to the priesthood. And so, he was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And Yeah. Well, so, I went the rest of the weekend and I told some of the... Like, some of my friends there, uh-huh. like, what had happened that night. And Yeah. So, they started supporting me. I mean, it was cool, but I mean, it's like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... At the end of that retreat, I was talking to that same priest that I had talked to, that I had told that I was uh, discerning, uh-huh. or that I was that this idea of priesthood came up, and he invited me to these. Uh, it's called Discover the Role. Let's travel. It's these meetings that are hosted at St. Mary's. Okay. For guys like me that are thinking about priesthood. Okay. And so, yeah, I think it was gonna happen like two weeks after this retreat. He's all like, "You should go. You should go check it out. See what what they have to offer you." Uh huh. And so I, um, yeah, went back to work and was waiting for that day. I think it was like a Thursday. I was waiting to go over there. I ended up driving over there to, to St. Mary's. And this is the first time I'm ever on that property on that. And it's like immediately it hit me to how beautiful the campus is. Uh-huh. Um, I walk, I like, and it was crazy. Cause like I park and I'm walking up the steps and immediately I feel like a a sense of like i'm at home like i'm okay. home i'm here uh-huh and then that just kind of dawned on me like man i could see myself being here one day and so and then the first thing i do is i go into the chapel beautiful chapel i don't know if you've ever been over there it's no i been, haven't oh you got to check it out it's beautiful i mean the whole campus is beautiful but like the chapel itself is beautiful um we meet up for prayer and then we go over to the place where we're having our meeting and then i see the vocation director Who happens to be Father TJ. Okay. Who was classmates with my brother. Okay. Yeah. So if my brother would have continued, they would have been ordained together. Uh Uh-huh. And I hadn't seen him since my brother left seminary. But now here I am walking into a room and he's right there. So immediately we recognized each other. I was just like, "Man, like," and I told myself, "If this isn't a sign from God, I don't know what is."
0: Right? Because <laughs> you already had two signs. Yeah. From those those two visions that yeah. you had. Yeah, yeah. And then this is the third one. This is the third one. Comes and hits you.
1: <laughs> yes. And so it was just like, "All right, man." Yeah, we went through the meeting. I don't remember what we talked about that night, but um, it was a once a month meeting that we were doing with with this uh discover the road uh-huh and so i was going faithfully every every month and yes, yeah, so this was in october still and in December they had uh a discernment retreat at seminary hosted by father tj okay and so i signed up to go and at that point i mean i went back and i went through the weekend and after that retreat i was like yeah
0: you were all in already
1: yeah I was like all right i know this is, the lord is calling me okay But I had a meeting with Father TJ, and I was like, look, I had my first encounter with God, I guess, in October. Uh I feel the confirmation, but it's barely December. It's only two months. Yeah. I I need more time. Like, this can't be something I just rush into. Uh He's like, yeah, that's good discernment. Go ahead and go do your thing and just continue to come to these meetings and stay close to the Lord, stay close Mm -hmm. to the sacraments, stuff like that. All right, cool okay so I was I was like look I'm gonna apply just not yet yes so I went back to work and at that point I was like I should probably do my best to get the degree so I started working and going to school so I can finish the degree
0: how much time did you have left in your degree at that point
1: about a year and a half okay yeah so so not much not much but I started kind of trying to cram to get like putting more hours on myself to get more to get it processed quicker uh huh which was a bad decision because it was horrible. There were nights where I wasn't sleeping much. I mean, cause I was still working. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was still working full time. Uh-huh. And yeah, going to school full time. So I mean, and yeah, my, my grades were definitely not the best that that year or that semester. Because after that semester, I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. Like, I need a. And then, so
0: what did you do? You went into the seminary after no,
1: that? No, I, um, I did that year... It took me almost two years to get through it. Really? Yeah, because I slowed down on my degree plan. Okay. Instead of like, because like I said, I I try to cram as much as possible within one year. Yeah. And so I went the opposite route and I was just like, I'm just going to take like maybe two classes a semester. Okay. That way I can pay it off since I was working. Yes. And so I don't overkill myself (laughs) with (laughs) like lack of sleep and stuff like that. But then even after that, I was just like, no, nah, I can't be here. I don't want this degree. I don't want to be at this school. No, uh-huh. no, nothing against the school, but it's just like, I know this is not where the Lord's calling me. Okay. And so at that point, I told Father TJ, look, I have this much left, I think. Uh-huh. Can I just enter seminary?
0: Rather than forcing to finish yeah. something that just wasn't meant for you. Yeah.
1: And so he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I applied. and
0: You went through the whole process yeah. and you got accepted. Then I got accepted. And then once you entered the seminary, was it everything you expected it to be?
1: No. Because really? I um so that was the thing too. Like part of my discernment, like during that year and stuff, I was still going to these monthly meetings. And, uh-huh. Um the Saint Joseph's where I ended up going to seminary, offers this uh this come and see is what they call it. This, okay. this weekend where you just go visit, see yeah. what, what it's like. Um Father TJ had invited me, so I was like, yeah, I'm down, and we went, and I had never been to any other seminary outside of uh, Holy Trinity, uh-huh. so I go over there, it's in Louisiana, right, six hours away, basically, and it's like, I call it the Catholic Hogwarts. Cause you drive in, you drive in and like in the movie scene of Harry Potter, you uh-huh. remember like you see the big old castle and they're yeah. on the lake and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. What's well, the same thing here? It's like, you're driving in, there's the lake right there. And then you see this huge abbey, this okay. huge church. Okay. I'm just like, man, this is, this place is beautiful. Catholic so, Hogwarts. Yeah. Or like. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, man, this place is amazing. Um, Just like, just so just seeing how beautiful the abbey was. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, I could see myself coming here too. Uh-huh. Um. And so I spent that weekend like going through, listening to talks, getting tours of the seminary and getting tours of the, the church itself, the Abbey. Uh-huh. And uh, got close with some of the Houston guys there at that okay. time. And so at the end of that, because um, I mean, it's probably like six of us that went that, I can't remember how many of okay. us, but there's a couple of us from the group that actually went to do this. So on our way back, Father TJ's we were like, we were like debriefing our experience. Uh-huh. I was like, look, Father TJ, if I get accepted, I hope I come here.
0: Really? You didn't want to go to Dallas where your brother went?
1: Nah. (laughs) Because I remember, I I barely remember, but I was like, seeing this place compared to the, from what I remember of Holy Trinity, I'd Uh rather go over here. Because there was something like, it was very, it was much more peaceful, I would say. Okay. Um, And I guess, yeah, it just drew me, Um, drew me to it.
0: Is it like the one in um, in Dallas where you are at a regular university, or is this really no? Just...
1: Everything's on campus right there. Okay, uh, so
0: this is all Catholic. These yeah. are all seminarians. Yes. Okay, yeah. so you don't have to worry about outside influences or anything like that. No. It's all just secluded. Yeah. And you preferred that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like, that was the first time I ever encountered monks. Right. These are. Run... This is a Benedictine monastery. Uh huh. And so, I mean, you hear about it all the time, like, that's a medieval thing. Like, that's how I pictured it, like, these are uh-huh. these medieval monks that just, I don't know, eat bread all day and uh-huh. drink water, maybe make beer, who knows. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then, like, I go and I see this place, and, like, they originally started that monastery, and part of their their work was to teach. Okay. To train kids to be, like, train seminarians to be priests. Uh-huh. And so... um. Yeah, that was also kind of like, like, man, I think that that's, I mean, because like the, the Benedictine spirituality is so beautiful, right? Uh-huh. Or labora, and like praying yes. at work. And so like, man, that's, yeah, that's the life of a priest, right? Like, everything that you do is an offering to the Lord, right? Like You're bringing uh-huh. others to Christ. Um, you're being Christ for others. And so like, just having that mentality, like everything that I do, Lord, I offer it up to you as as my prayer, stuff like that. And did so you I, ever
0: Did you ever think about becoming a, a monk? I, for like five minutes.
1: Okay. Uh, I was just like, uh, I think it'd be cool, but no, okay. I'd rather be back. One, I'd rather be back in Houston. Okay. Um, and two, it was just like, I think being out and about actually like being with people. Cause I mean, being a, a monk, you're very secluded, right? Yes. Like you're very, it's just you and your community. Yeah, yeah. You have maybe some contact with the public, but uh uh-huh. it's mostly you and the other guys.
0: So you'd prefer the the parish life.
1: Oh yeah. be with the families, um. Uh, Marriage prep, kind of stuff like that. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. So.
0: So at that visit, you were all in already. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I was. I was. I was ready. And so I mean, and that was the thing too. Like, when I look back on it, I always have the. I you. Uh, yeah. Knowing myself, I have this tendency of just like I go all in. Okay. Something. Like when I go in, I go all in. Okay. Uh. But I knew doing something like this, I could go all in, but it was. It was an all-in that I wasn't in control of, right? Okay. I had to learn to start taking things day by day. Okay, like the the meeting, the final meeting with Father T.J. and the and the group. Uh, what do they call it? The, the board. The board. Uh huh. Was like at this point, at this month, this day, whatever. So I had all this time that I still had to like continue to process and stuff like that. And I was just like,
0: yeah, I mean. It's out of your hands.
1: Yeah, it really is. And so I was just going to mass consistently. And that was the thing too. I mean, because the Lord continued to work through those through that period before I entered seminary. Cause it was and that's just the other thing too. Like later on that year, that next year, I uh yeah, like in probably in January or something, I, w- I went scheduled a meeting with my pastor and I told him, like, I think the Lord is calling me to be a priest. Uh huh. And that was probably like the first time I had a a bad reaction to that. Really? Yeah, it was. It was kind of weird. What happened? My pastor kind of. It was a very negative response in the sense of like, yeah, people. All the all people do is just complain, and they they do this, they do that. It's like it's always a pain in the butt, and okay, it's 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 very stressful. Yeah, it's tough being a
0: pastor, kind of thing.
1: I was like, well. Yeah, I guess I'm not gonna be a parish priest, and I'm gonna go religious life or something. Uh huh. And so, even then, like I Do you went think back. He
0: was to, trying to give you the reality of the situation if you become a parish priest, or was he in just a spot that was he was he was in a tough spot at that time?
1: I think with him, it's just he wasn't happy. Okay. Now that I look back on it, right? Like uh-huh. at that point, I was just like, man, not priesthood, or parish life. Is, that's rough. Right? Like, <laughs> it can't nah, be rough from what never, we hear. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind. I'm going somewhere else, kind of thing. So yeah, like but then when I was discerning religious life, I mean I didn't really know anything about religious life. I thought priesthood was priesthood. Uh-huh. Um I didn't really know that there, there's just like I guess a distinction between the two. And so when I I went back to the passionists, it was kind of talking to them. Because those, that was the only group I really knew. Okay. But even then, I was kind of like, I know this isn't where the Lord is calling me. Okay. So I was going to these, like, I guess, yeah, come and seize with them. Okay. But it wasn't anything. It wasn't drawing me. Okay. It was drawing me to the priesthood. It wasn't drawing me to them. Okay. And so at that point, I just kind of, I guess through prayer, I was like, yeah, I think this was just a bad experience. Priesthood okay. doesn't have to be like that. Okay. Or parish life it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And so I went back to discerning with the diocese. And um
0: You think it was good that you you had that just so you could think about it again? You know, just so you could reconsider?
1: I mean, I guess I now that I look back on it, if anything, it says it gives me more pat like it makes me more passionate towards being a priest. Because it's like, no, a priesthood doesn't have to be like that. Okay. Right? To be a pastor doesn't mean that you're just gonna go through crap every day <laughs> right like there there is a lot of beauty yes to parish life there's a lot of there's a lot of graces there's a lot of uh happy moments that happen that that come with being a parish priest right uh-huh. and so yeah i mean everything has its ups and downs right but like, yeah you don't always have to i mean you don't have to focus on the downs that's true like i remember father tj had told us like um after that first meeting that i had with them and that Discover the road that, like, stay close to the sacraments, Uh, go to mass every Sunday. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I mean, I can't do that because I work, uh-huh. right? So, and so, but that was the thing, too. Like, I didn't know mass was a thing every day, first of all. That had never clicked for me.
0: Okay, so just the same way you didn't know that you could go to, yeah, to church I just and go pray. To, yeah,
1: like there's mass every day, that's cool. Uh-huh. But then it's like, okay, well, mass is probably like an hour plus long, just like a typical Sunday mass. Uh-huh. And I was, um, so that was the other thing too, like there were some parishes not too far from where I lived and that weren't too far from my work. They're like They were in the middle between my the house and, and my job. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, I they had mass at eight thirty, I think, and I had to be. At, I had to clock in at ten. Okay. So I was like, okay, maybe I can go, but I'd be pushing it if I get out at nine forty-five or whatever. Uh huh. And then one day I was just like, and and I would drive by the church every day, St. Edwards. Okay. I'm driving by every day, and at one point I was just like, hey, you know what? Screw it. If I show up late, was I mean, I never show up late to begin with, so okay. one one strike wouldn't hurt me. Okay. So I pull in, and go to mass. Lo and behold, it's nine o'clock. I'm like, holy moly! It was thirty minutes of mass. <laughs> you were expecting oh, a whole hour. Oh <laughs> man, that I took off from there, man. I was going to mass every day at that point. Uh huh. I was like, this is so beautiful. Uh-huh. Like, this is yeah. So, I mean, just like the way the Lord was giving me these graces, right? Uh huh. And even then, I got that set me on fire even more because I would receive the Eucharist and just seeing Father at that point celebrating mass. Like, uh-huh. ah, yes, I could see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Um, And that was the thing too So like And even prior to that I had had another I guess call it A mystical experience This prayer Like this This experience with the Lord Where he revealed himself To me again Okay And that one That one's definitely like I don't know It was I would definitely say Like that was where That was the first time I had really felt The Lord speak to me Like cause I mean yeah I saw the visions In the earlier Uh uh, Like the imagery Of the other Encounters I had with God, but this one was the first time I had heard His voice. What did He say? It was I mean it was crazy because like so during all this this period after I spoke with my pastor <clears throat> and he gave me that experience, I stopped going to him obviously uh, for more advice, uh-huh. and so I started talking to the deacons at the parish. Okay, and I was kind of telling him, look, this is I think the Lord is calling me to to be a priest, like what should I do, right? Like Mm -hmm. how should I get involved or what should I be doing at the parish to kind of, I guess help me get more involved or whatever. And uh, one of the deacons set me up with a a lady to give me spiritual direction. And so I was like, all right, cool, I'll do that. So I started meeting this lady and she gave me a couple books to read and stuff. So I was, this was even before my discovery of daily mass Okay. I was going to this park before work. I would go to the park like at eight o'clock or okay. maybe a little earlier. I'd pray a rosary. Uh, I'd read this book that the lady had given me. Okay, and I'd pray the and I would read the Bible. And it was mostly, this, yeah, same thing as I was doing with I I did that night. Opened it randomly, and I would just pray with it. Okay, I'd just read whatever the Lord was telling me at that point. Well, there was this one day in February and I had opened it up. So I, I said this little prayer, Spirit of the living God, speak to my heart, your word. And I opened it up to this, I don't know, I, I want to say like Sirach or something like that. And I was reading it and I was reading it, but it wasn't, nothing was really hidden. Okay. And then like this, the wind started kind of blowing a little bit. And so it started moving the pages and I was like, well, the Holy Spirit is the wind right? like the scripture talks about the the holy spirit being like the wind that, yes that, that hovered over the waters and stuff like that so i just let the bible go and it flipped to daniel chapter 10 and all right then that's at that point the wind died down so i'm like all right let's do it so i just started <laughs> reading and i read chapter 10 and i don't remember the the exact verse like uh-huh. i don't know word for word like a yeah, Jeremiah one, but it was like, uh, like, do not fear, Daniel. From the moment you you decided to, uh, what's the word? Oh, uh, no, wasn't. From the first moment that you decided to, like, do the will of God or something like that, your prayer was heard. Something like that. Uh huh. Like your prayer was heard, but just reading that, it wasn't my voice. Like, the, like from the first moment you you made uh, you revealed yourself to God or like you made yourself visible to God or something like that your prayer was heard I don't remember something like that but just reading that I was just like ah, that's not me <laughs> like that's not the, the mind voice that is yeah. right like that was a whole nother oh voice. you heard it I heard something like that was not oh, some, wow. it wasn't me reading it was someone speaking to me wow and so I was just like and I was, man, I was, I was going crazy. Like
0: You thought somebody was, might have been yeah, there? Yeah, well,
1: I was just like, I was making sure people weren't, like, around because I was somebody about Somebody reading scream. over your shoulder. Yeah, and <laughs> like, was it
0: dark was still like, or no?
1: No, it was in the morning. Okay. Um, yeah, like, it was, I was about, like, I was just kind of like, I mean, there was nobody there, but I was like, man, did y'all hear this kind of thing? Did you hear what I heard? And at that point, I was just like, oh, like. like what god just spoke to me like that's crazy and so i like the people that know me know that i get pretty passionate i get pretty Uh i get pretty hyped yeah and so i got hyped like i wanted to flip the table i got hyped (laughs) like i wanted to ah, man but i didn't know who to share it with right so i'm just kind of like random i'm just this random guy at the park bench Uh yeah like staring at a lake um and so at that point, I mean, I went back and I wrote down because I had a little journal that I was kind of writing my thoughts and prayers uh-huh. down and stuff. And so I wrote down the actual verse and I wrote down what it, what I was experiencing. Wow. And, and, and that's just like, at that point, I was like, there is nobody in this world that can tell me God doesn't exist. Yeah. Nobody. Like, I don't care what kind of scientific experiment yeah. you do, <laughs> what kind of theory you gave me. There yeah. is no way that you can prove yeah. to me God doesn't exist. Because I had just heard his voice, I had yes. just experienced him. Yes. And so I, that gave me even more motivation, more like uh, certainty towards my decision to enter seminary. Yeah. Like priesthood was definitely it. And so I mean, at that point, I was just like, and so that's the thing. Like I even I carry that moment to this day, right? And and like when I give talks to kids, or when I give talks to other people, or when I even have like encounters, one-on-one encounters. Like, yeah. Like, that's one of the biggest things that I emphasize to people is, like, the Lord is real and mm-hmm. he desires to be with, like, he desires a relationship with you, right? And he will reveal himself to you, but you have to know what, how he operates, right? Because he does speak to you uh-huh. through scripture. Yes. But he's not going to speak to you through scripture if you don't open the Bible, <laughs> right? He's <laughs> not going to speak to you through through his word if you don't go to mass, yeah, right? And so, like, sh- 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 showing the people that and, like, just... And telling them like what I said earlier, like what I just said, there is nobody in this world that can tell me God doesn't exist because I experienced him. And so like when, I, like when I have these talks with kids, it's like, and you can experience that too. Uh huh. Like each of us has that opportunity to encounter him in that sense, to have that, that faith, to have that, um, that confidence to say, God is real and he's revealed himself to me. That's I mean, that's crazy.
0: So, after you wrote that in that journal, what happened then?
1: I mean, like I said, I was still going crazy, man. Like, I really <laughs> wanted to tell somebody, but I didn't, like, at that point, I didn't really have any, like, uh-huh. church friends. Yes. Outside of, like, the guys from the Knights and stuff like that. But uh-huh. even then, I mean, they wouldn't, I didn't think they would know. What Was
0: was that the point where you said, okay, I'm going to
1: no, I mean, really become no, a priest well, now? Or No, because that had happened the night that I had the other... oh yes that's right yeah so i mean like it was just like it was just building up from that point okay like that was a stepping stone that night back in october was a stepping stone it's crazy because you know what's even like it blows my mind how the lord works because that night back in october happened to be my nephew's birthday and i didn't go to his birthday party because i went to this retreat okay so like his birthday is my anniversary of like my first encounter with god it's crazy um
0: You'll remember that day. I'll then. always remember that
1: day. <laughs> and i always remember the February day. It was uh, four days before my birthday. Okay. Um. So like, yeah, like just, so like these two moments, like solidified, not just my vocation, but like my desire for, to be a saint, my desire to give God my entire life, mm-hmm. give him my everything. Right. Like at that point, it was, I was, I was a hundred percent for the church, for the Lord and so yeah i mean at that point like and like i look back on it now and like those experiences and like right look, the lord gives you gives the lord gives you these these moments not for yourself but so that you can share them and so like when i look back on my life now i see that it was god didn't do this because he wanted to prove to me that he's real or whatever he used he gave me those moments so that i can share them with others To help others on their path, on their journey with him, in their relationship with them. It's not about you. It's not about me, right? And so, yeah, like I said, like, I heard his voice. Uh I know it's real. Yeah. And it just gives me this, I'm like, man, I'm getting pumped right now just thinking about it, right? (laughs) Like, Like, yeah, giving this, like, when I gave these talks and just telling them, like, god desires to do the same thing with you he wants he speaks to you he uh-huh. speaks to you the problem yeah. is that you don't listen kind uh-huh. of thing when I when i talk to certain people um and i mean it also depends on the person right like yeah but like just that reality like a lot of times we think that god is just abandoning has abandoned us has ignored us or just a, whatever he doesn't uh-huh. care whatever you want to say but it's like no the lord isn't the one that to blame it's you that doesn't Understand how, like I said, how he operates. You, you don't understand how, how he moves. Okay. How he, uh, how he reveals himself to you. Once you have those secrets, like once you start seeing that how the Lord operates in, in, mm-hmm. in each of our lives, then yeah, you come, you you open up your eyes to that reality that the Lord is using this moment right now to draw you closer to Him, or the Lord is using this moment right now to show you what he desires from you or stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was for me, like those were concrete moments for me to be able to share that with others and to like emphasize more and more the way the Lord works.
0: So then you enter the seminary. Mm -hmm. What was that like the whole experience?
1: Well, going back to like what, when you had asked me what I thought seminary was, would have been, what I expected no because I was going in there thinking that all these guys are going to be with prayer hands and <laughs> maybe never talk to a girl in their life or, I don't know I definitely saw myself being the odd man now because like I mean you think I'm hairy now you should have seen me before I entered seminary really oh yeah I had longer hair to the shoulders I had a longer beard probably went to the my pen right here uh-huh um because I was just the, I was a free guy Right. I was just working uh-huh lifting um really wasn't doing much um, I was growing on my hair because I was gonna donate it. Okay. Yeah, so, so when I started the process of applying for seminary, for teachers it, are like, huh, all that's gonna have to go." <laughs> and so I was like, "Yes, sir. Don't worry. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna grow this out a little bit more so I can donate it. Don't like you uh-huh. you you don't have to worry about me having to <laughs> cut my hair." Um, yeah. So I mean. <laughs>
0: So you had the whole apostle look with the long hair and beard, or the, beard, the homeless,
1: right? however you want to put it. Some people would, yeah. I used to tell kids when I was at at Saint Anne before I entered seminary, and I uh-huh. had the big beard. on. I used to tell them that I had a pet bird that lived in there. Um, I think I called him Andy or something like that. I can't remember. And uh, so when I finally shaved it, like when I trimmed it, because I trimmed it very short. Uh huh. Um, they're like, "What happened to the bird? Or what happened to Andy? Whatever his name is." I was like. I told him he had to find another home. <laughs> and so, yeah, like...
0: You met the guys in seminary. Yeah, so when I'm
1: going to seminary, I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to be... I'm just thinking, right, like, I'm probably going to be the oldest guy there. Uh-huh. Um, I'm the only one who's probably, like, worked or had other, like, I guess, worldly experiences and most of these guys. Uh-huh. Um, they're actually going to know their faith. I still kind of... I'm still learning my faith. Really, uh-huh. like... Um, things like that, so I wasn't really expecting them to be I guess the average dude, uh-huh, right, and so, yeah, like at that point i was I was working on my colorful language, and as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I figured I was gonna be the only one that ever accidentally said things I shouldn't <laughs> say, but then I get there, and it's like, no, guys will always be guys, um, just
0: a bunch of regular guys there's just
1: a bunch of regular guys, yeah, some of them praise, some of them don't. Uh, they definitely don't walk around like this. <laughs> um, they still listen to the same music that uh-huh. I was listening to prior to. Um, they still like movies. Uh-huh. They still like. Um, they still like sports. And I figured uh-huh. like sports was gonna be something I kind of had a trail away from because I was uh, very big into sports too. Uh huh. Um, not just. Uh, I mean, yeah, I love watching baseball, but I was also getting. I was watching the Texans more. I was watching the Rockets more. Uh huh. And so I figured I was going to have to, like, cut back on that so that I can focus more on reading or praying and stuff like that, going to church. Uh-huh. Right? Like, my Sundays were going to be all church and no more Texans kind of thing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But nope. I get over there and everybody's still doing all that, watching college football, watching the NFL, watching the MLB. Uh-huh. All right. I guess I can keep doing it. <laughs> and so, but even then, I still cut back. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, going to classes, that was that was – different because I they were making us study of philosophy and never really studied that before. I uh-huh. never really know what it was. And yeah, that hit me hard. Like it slapped me in the face. Like, oh my gosh, I don't understand what I'm reading. <laughs> I don't understand what I'm doing here. I like, Lord, you called me here. So, <laughs> and I'm you know, I've never been the brightest student in the class. I was like, but it like, Lord, you got to give me the grace to get through this because I don't understand anything. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, that was definitely the worst semester I'd ever, like, had, uh, I guess, GPA-wise. And it was because of that. Like, I was taking, like, maybe four, five philosophy classes all at once. It was like an intro to philosophy with ancient philosophy, with logic, and, like, this other... I can't remember. Yeah. So it was like, all this philosophy hitting at me at (laughs) once. It was like, all right, read all this. And I'm like, I'm reading Aristotle, I'm reading Plato, and I don't understand anything that these guys are saying. I'm like, and these guys are over here having these like amazing discussions or like conversations. I'm like, why can't I, Lord? Why can't I understand this? Uh huh. So I mean, and I mean, I guess like in general, like wanting to give up. Like, All right, I'm just gonna stop reading. Was it. that read the
0: this. was that the point where you almost?
1: I not even, because at that point I was just like, Lord, you better throw some extra grace on this <laughs> side, because. Because, you know, like in seminary, they talk about the four pillars, right? There's the human, intellectual, pastoral, and spiritual. Okay. And so entering seminary when they were talking about that, I was like, well, intellectual is definitely going to be the the lowest because I just never, like I was always an A and B student, but I was never that guy that really put much effort. Like I even like, yeah, even in college and everything, I was just getting by so I could keep playing. Okay. I made sure I passed my classes. I made sure I did my homework. Not because I wanted to learn the stuff. I did it so I can keep playing on the field.
0: Okay. So you never really applied yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And that's
1: the thing too. Like when they when I tell people that I have a a business, that I was studying business, they're like, "Oh, well, you should know a lot about administration." I'm like, "Nope, don't, (laughs) don't, nope. I don't know anything because I didn't pay attention as much as I should have or I could have." Okay. You just got by. I just got by. And so at the end, that was another struggle with me. Because I had just gone by my entire life, Uh I'm like, I should probably start learning now. Like, I I really need to take in what's being given to me so that I can, because I'm going to have to use it at some point. And so I never activated that part. So it was like, okay, learning's a lot harder than I thought it would be.
0: You had to build all those study habits and all of that.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, it was rough. I remember, man.
0: Did it take? Uh, how long did it take before you actually? Oh, I'm still
1: learning. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> it's um, it's crazy because, like, yeah, I went through those two years. Like the second year did get easier, uh-huh. or even the second semester got, I, I guess, a little easier. You got I got a more groove. used to it. Yeah, I got yeah. used to it. Right? I got used uh-huh. to the language. I got used to like what the professors are expecting of me stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, it was still hard. And then coming into St. Mary's, it was the same thing, right? Because like. One of my biggest fears with entering seminary was having to write books. I mean, uh, writing papers. I oh, don't no. God willing, I never write a book. Um, writing papers, because I just, I never liked writing. Okay. But I knew that if I went into seminary, I was just going to be writing papers. Yeah. So I was like, Lord, you gotta, you're going to have to help me here, because that's a, that's a big cross for me. Uh-huh. And yeah, thanks be to God, I've been I'm somehow surviving, and I'm actually learning. It's like, wow.
0: So how many years were you in Louisiana? Two years. And then you came here to St. Mary's in Houston. And how many years?
1: I did two years. Two years. Yeah, first theology, second theology, and now I'm currently on pastoral year. Okay. So it's been a total of five years or I guess. This is my fifth year of formation.
0: All right. And then how many years do you have to look forward to now?
1: So once I finish this year, I'll go through another year of school. Okay. of, Of classes, third theology. At the end of third theology, so that next summer, I'll be ordained a deacon. Okay, then and you've then got I'll your go, diaconate yeah, year. Yeah, then I'll get through the diaconate year and then priesthood. So it's coming up.
0: Oh, you're you're almost at the home stretch. Uh, yeah, man. I'm so it's really to just it. one more year of classes? Well, or uh, two. Two, yeah, two yeah, because it, of the diaconate year. Yeah, but okay.
1: even diaconate year is more like practicum kind of stuff. So okay. you're learning how to hear confessions. You're learning how to celebrate mass. You're okay. learning. all uh, of those, those yeah, classes. Yeah, things like that.
0: So, but the actual academic, academic, it's just a year, year or year so. Yeah. Wow, so you're
1: almost there, huh? Yes, it's it's, it's crazy.
0: Has the past f- five years gone by really quickly? Or? Yes,
1: yes. And that was the thing too, man. Like when I look back on it, because initially when I was entering seminary, I was like, man, seven years from now, that's that's forever and a half away. Uh-huh. Uh, but then that's the thing too. Like, I Like one of the things that the Lord really had to teach me was like, it's not about getting to the seven, like it's not about making it to the finish line. Uh-huh. The Lord isn't concerned about you making it to the end. The Lord is focused on the day by day, the moment by moment uh-huh. aspect. So it's like at this moment, in this moment, in this moment, are you with me? Are you letting me lead you kind of thing? And so that was the approach I knew I had to take. Like I have to take this day by day, even if I discern out, which I never had. I never, never struggled with that. Thanks really? to be to God, never.
0: So no moment where it was a make or break moment, nothing.
1: No, no. Wow. There were moments of weakness, I would say, like, yeah, the intellectual stuff. Uh-huh. Like, man, I don't know if I could keep writing these. Uh-huh. Like, if I am if I can't even understand these intro classes, how do I expect <laughs> to know, like, the higher things in life kind of thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't something, like, where, like, I was talking to my spiritual director saying, like, I might have to leave to go study more or uh-huh. something like that. Uh, yeah, it was just kind of like, I know this is where the Lord's calling me to. And that was the thing. I mean, I think the Lord, He did that because He knows that I needed that. Not to like brag to other guys who were struggling with their vocation, but like just He, the Lord gave me this assurance that this is where He's calling me because He knew or He knows that I can use that to focus on other things, right? One, focusing on getting, um, the like having better, yeah, having yeah. better study habits, um, working on other areas in, in my life, I guess. Uh, but also just the fact that like having that assurance gives me has it's it's like a it's a good foundation for me to continue to evangelize, to continue to to preach the, the good news, right? Like um so I, I didn't have to have in the back of my mind maybe I'm not called to do this, right? I could just talk about the Lord, I could just talk about my relationship with Christ with more confidence, with more like. Well, yeah, with more certainty and so yeah like even to this moment like because a lot of times like for for guys in seminary pastoral years, also a make it break it kind of year really yeah because like i mean you're i guess in the sense out with the people yes um there's still beautiful women out there right so uh-huh
0: um is that ever an issue with you Oh, yeah, I
1: mean, there's beautiful women all over the place, right? <laughs> Especially no, here mean, at St. Mary. But I mean, I mean like, uh, some, uh,
0: some, some of our, um, our past guests, you know, deacons and, and priests, they've said that, you know, the idea of celibacy was very difficult for them to get over. Was that a sticking point with you? Was that a tough one for I you mean, to get over?
1: Yeah, I guess it was, like, I guess the biggest, I had more concern with, like, understanding what celibacy is in the okay. sense of, like, why, why does the church ask us to be celibate? Because like going into seminary, I, I was just focusing on the practical, right? Like, yeah, it gives you more time to be. It's easier for you to wake up at 3 a.m. and go visit a, uh, your parishioner at the hospital if you're by yourself Versus having a a wife and six kids that you gotta attend to. Yeah, how are they
0: gonna get to school or that type of thing? You know, or like,
1: yeah, like especially during this moment of COVID. If one of the kids gets COVID, how am I supposed to go to the hospital and uh, yeah, and like go attend to a parishioner? Yeah. So I like that was the mentality I had with. This is why the Lord is asking us to be, or this is why the church is. I mean, why this is why the church is asking us to be, celibate but understanding the theology behind it, right? Like, mm. and so as I grew more and like as I was studying this information, the actual formation classes I was taking and seeing that like the Lord calls us to be celibate, calls the priest to be celibate because he wants an intimate relationship with you mm. that is able to, to uh, witness to the others, right? Like, so marriage makes visible the relationship we hope to have with the Lord in heaven. But the priesthood is pointing to the eschaton in the sense that to the end. Like Ultimately, our union is with God. And so I'm beginning that process now. And I'm showing the people of St. Faustina, I'm showing everybody that I encounter as a seminarian, but also as a future priest, that our ultimate goal, our ultimate um, hope is to be united to God. And so I need to start uh, cultivating that now. And so as I started learning that more and more, I was just more appreciative of it. It's just like, man, that's so beautiful, right? That the Lord is, has called me uh uh-huh. to be able to be a witness to that. That the first of all that the Lord has called me to such a radical relationship, right? But also, like I like I said, like it's not about me. Uh huh. The relationship that he's calling me to is so that I can bring him to others. Yes. So I become an instrument of his love, of his peace, of his mercy, uh for the sake of the other not for my sake. And so, all, like, as all of that was clicking. I mean, like, this took two plus uh-huh. years, right? Like, because St. Ben's really, really broke me in the sense. They really bent me, especially the formation classes I was taking. It's like understanding what marriage is, understanding what, uh, what does it mean to be a man? Uh-huh. Uh, what does it mean to be chaste? What does it mean to be virtuous? Because even then, like, yeah, virtue wasn't a thing that I'd ever talked about. So actually learning about some of the virtues and like, what it means to actually live a mountain stuff. It's like, yeah, it's, it was, a, there was a lot of forming there. The Lord was definitely bending, breaking, uh-huh. uh, conforming me to what he was calling me to. And that was the thing, like I was, I mean, I guess I wasn't 100% about it, but I was, I would tell the Lord every moment, like, or every every morning or at moments of prayer, like, Lord, conform me to your will. Let me help me to love the people that the way that you love them. Help me to let me be an instrument. Uh, make me the 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 man that you're calling me to be. So I'm giving them. I was giving them the permission. Uh huh. But I mean, yeah, it's it's one thing to it's one thing to say; it's another thing to do, right? Once you go through yeah. the, the crucible, it's like, man, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> but I gotta do it, kind of thing. So,
0: talking about you know encountering beautiful women, did you ever? Encountered during your seminary days, um, you know, uh what they call chalice chippers or the the women who are trying to <laughs> land a seminarian and and pull them into married life?
1: I don't think so. I don't think I've encountered. I mean, I have encountered beautiful women, but none uh-huh. of that are like that are seeking a relationship with me or anything yes. like that. No. <laughs> okay. um, and but and I if
0: you fe- fellow seminarians? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm thinking at least some of the closest friends that I have, no, nah, I don't no. think it's happened to them. Maybe they've had encounters with girls that were like maybe think twice. Uh-huh. Like, man, it'd be nice to be able to spend the rest of my life with a girl like her or something uh-huh. like that. But I mean, to this day, most of them are still there. Uh most of my close friends that I've I guess that have had experiences like that, they they're still in seminary. So
0: Did you have any close friends that dropped out of seminary?
1: Yeah, one at st uh st ben's what was he, that like was that rough i knew it was it was good discernment okay um uh, and we still keep in touch right Um uh, i love the dude to death um but man we had some good conversations um uh, there were moments where i know he was he was struggling with his vocation like whether the lord was calling him and stuff Uh huh. and i kind of just like sit him down and we just like talk i let him vent uh-huh. Um, and I tell him like what I'm seeing from him Uh huh. Um. and like and I yeah at one point one night I just told him like look man I think at this point you just need to admit that God isn't calling you to this right uh-huh. he, he used seminary not to uh, to make you yeah not to lead you to the priesthood he used seminary in a way to like kind of to draw you closer to him Cause that's the benefit of going to seminary too, right? Like, cause they like they tell they they tell the guys that are thinking about priesthood or whatever. Seminaries where you really really discern, uh-huh. right? Cause you're you're offering you're you're spent you're dedicating your whole life to prayer study. I mean, your whole life is, de- uh, is centered around God. Yes, right. You're going to mass every day. Yeah, you're close to the sacraments. Uh, you're you're reading about God. You're studying yes. stuff theology and stuff like that. This is the time to where you really ask the Lord, what is it that He's calling you to, and so, like taking advantage of that, right? Like, the way the how I understood it, as I was there at Saint at Saint Ben's, was that the Lord first calls you into a relationship with Him. He wants you to get to know who He is, uh huh, so that then you can start going out and doing the things that He's He's asking you to do. Because I mean, in general, right? Like. You can't, you can't spend the rest of your life with a person if you don't know who he is or she is. Yes. Right. Like think think about it with marriage. You yes. can't say yes to a woman or, the woman can't say yes to your proposal.
0: If they don't know who you
1: are. <laughs> and so, in a lot of times I think we have this. Uh, we 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 like to miss steps or we like to reorder things. Uh huh. But God keeps it simple. Like say yes to me now. Get yeah. to know who I am. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I said, like I, was, like I was telling this guy, I think the Lord used this time of seminary so that you can grow closer to him, so that you can become more aware of who he is, how he operates. Um, and so yeah, you become more self-aware, who you are, what you're being called to, stuff yeah. like that. But the Lord isn't going to tell you what you're being called to until you start having a better understanding of who he is. Because like I said before, right, like when, the, when when people talk about not knowing how or like not hearing his voice or uh, thinking that he's he's abandoned, abandoned them or whatever they may say. It's like, no. I mean, do you know his voice? Yeah. Do you know the ways that he operates? Right? Like, do you know that he uses scripture? Yes. Like I said earlier, open the Bible. Yeah. God's not going to speak to you if you don't open the Bible. <laughs> it's that simple. Right? Um, he uses other people. Right? Specifically his priest. Yeah. Right? Like, so are you listening? Are you seeing, like, are you taking in what father or so-and-so has to say about certain scripture passages or what he says in the homily or what he says to you in direction or in the confessional or stuff mm-hmm. like that? Um, and I mean, there's other ways too, like in creation in general too, yeah. um, right? You look at the night sky, you see all the stars. Yes. And then you come to that reality, like, holy, like, man. God made that for me. Yeah. Right? God didn't just make the stars just to make them. Yeah. He made it for each of us as an offer, like as a gift to us. Right? And then it makes me think back of like Abraham, right? When he had that encounter with with God and he told him, like, look at the stars. Mm-hmm. The, all the stars that you see are the, amount, are the children you're going to have, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like... Yeah, so I mean, once you start seeing that, right? Yeah. Once you're starting to, once you start understanding all these these ways that God uses things, then it becomes a lot easier for you to say yes when He does call you. So your friend
0: discerning out, it didn't cast any doubts for you no. at all. No. So you were you were like, he discerned out, it's good for him, yes. but that's not what's for me. No. So you just it didn't, you were okay there.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm happy for him. I mean. I know he's, because he's still studying and stuff, and thinking think like, he's studying to be a counselor and stuff like that. So it, it's good uh-huh. like, to see that, like, the Lord gave him those two years to grow closer to him, he and to t- continue to weed out some of the, I guess, rough areas in his life or whatever. Uh-huh. But he's going to be a good instrument elsewhere, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to be able to interact with people in a way that I can't. Because he's studying psychology and all that stuff. Okay. Oh, and he'll
0: yeah. take that with him. Yes. Yeah, like yeah.
1: I I am not into psychology. Right? <laughs> like I, counseling. I'll do counseling in the sense of a, a, the priest does it. Yes. But I never once thought about getting like a advanced degree in psychology or anything like that. So God bless him. I told him I'd use him.
0: Another thing that that a lot of the priests um, that have come in and talked with us that they've talked about is the pranks that happen. In mm. the seminary. Were you involved
1: in any of these pranks? No. Nah, were you a victim I, of any of the pranks? No. Thanks be to God. And I hope <laughs> I never am. Um, not that I like, I don't mind them. Okay. I just think it's cruel, man. <laughs> what but, happened? What, what Well, what there's pranks a couple. Well, the most recent ones were actually seeing the videos of Father David Michael. Yes. Some of the girls were showing me these videos. I'm just like, y'all, you ladies are horrible. (laughs) Like, I no longer trust y'all.
0: I love the video though. Yeah. Of of, the of my favorite one is the one with the teddy bear. Oh yes. That was that's that's,
1: man. That's so (laughs) sketchy, man. Really? Yeah. Like he was. Well, first of ah! all, I don't don't know why he's walking to. The office to begin with, I would have just probably walked out because I would have been very mad at these girls for doing what they did to my office. Uh-huh. But for some reason, if all day Michael decided he needed to go over there, and that I mean, he got him, got him.
0: <laughs> and then was, with the the glass in his car, oh, yeah, that was so. But in this, in the seminary itself,
1: no, nothing really, I never seen. Um, let me see, I'm trying to think. In my time at St. Ben's, I don't think there was an actual prank like that. Okay. But there were some prior to like I think the year before I entered, like where this one guy
0: <laughs> What do you do?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> at St. Ben's, there's like different dorms, right? Okay. Uh, the freshmen or like the first year kids, like the eighteen year old or that age age group. Uh huh. They have their own hall and they have um uh, common restrooms so there's this one area in the building where all the restrooms are in okay. showers and stuff are at. and this this was i think this was during halloween or around the time of halloween around this time i guess he decided to dress up like as a gorilla <laughs> and he hid in one of the showers and he's absolutely scared though you know what out of <laughs> some guys and I mean a gorilla he was
0: waiting in a gorilla costume yes, in one and, of the showers one of the
1: showers and he just they open it he scared the you know what out of him and, and right away like father wallace our uh, dean of students at that time he was like he, he's like the he's a guy you don't want to mess with okay and eventually he he goes looking and he hears about this and so he finds them and they sit down they have this conversation I mean, which is it's cool, but yeah. I would I would hate to be the guy that got scared, uh, and I yeah I never want to put myself in a moment where I have to go talk to father because I did something <laughs> stupid.
0: What about so, here in in Houston? Any uh, any pranks? That you-
1: nah, not like that. Uh, I think the craziest thing we've done as a as a seminary was getting shirts made of uh, Father Uriel a.k.a. Lord Rector Um, that was cool you had t-shirts made yeah with him (laughs) like in his cowboy hat and it's pretty cool design Um, maybe I'll show it to you one day but uh, we had this like I don't remember what it was
0: maybe you didn't put it on social media
1: I'm sure it's around (laughs) I'm sure people have put it up there uh, it wouldn't surprise me if some people are selling it Um, (laughs) Um. we had this gathering outside. Okay. And we all like we all sent emails. So this was like we it was an under undercover or underground shirt that guys bought and uh-huh. they designed and everything. Yeah. And it was a shirt to kind of like commemorate his first year as being the new rector at St. Mary's. Okay. And so he shows up to the party, and he sees all <laughs> of us in this shirt and he's just like, what the actual <laughs> I don't think he said that, but...
0: But, was, yeah, he, just looking at everybody And with then the, he saw the back.
1: Yeah, he saw his his face, and he's like, "I,", I <laughs> he's speechless. And so that was cool. And it wasn't, like, as bad as, like... Yeah,
0: it was an innocent... Yeah. yeah it
1: so, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's ever been anything that crazy. But I'm also not a guy that would think about ways of pranking people. Maybe, like, hiding their pen on their desk so, or something like that. But So what if
0: those girls pranked you? <laughs> man. So you would be like confession. <laughs> so you wouldn't take it the same way, Father David Michaels. No, I probably does, would,
1: or... but I probably see that's the thing. My my colorful vocab is still around. So I hope they're not recording because they may have to edit out that part.
0: That's true because yeah. I, I was thinking when I saw Father David Michaels, wow, he didn't curse at all. I would. Yeah, was well, see, But that's he.
1: He's he didn't grow up like that. And so. And that's the thing too. Like I have a tendency when I've gotten scared, where I want to punch. Oh, and so like if that teddy bear was walking up, on man, I don't know, I don't know.
0: Or a guy in a gorilla costume, yeah, in. Like,
1: probably would have kicked them in an area that they don't want to be kicked in. Um, a yeah. gorilla costume. I can't get over that. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad.
0: So you're looking at your year here at St. Faustina, and then thinking about going into the seminary and the home stretch that we talked about mm-hmm. what do you expect for the next you know couple of years what what are you looking forward to the most aside from actually being ordained a priest
1: um i mean i would lie if i say i'm excited about certain classes right or i mean i'm certain i'm excited about class in general because i am never really been a guy that wants to study more or uh-huh. go to school um. I mean, yeah, I know there's things that I still need to learn, right? Like uh-huh. canon law and certain things, certain teachings of the church, uh, going deeper in, in some of these things. I think more than anything is just continuing to grow closer to the guys that I'm going to be. I guess, on the battlefield with, right? Yeah. Like especially my classmates. Yes. Because uh, these are the guys that I'm getting ordained with, not just the guys in Houston, but also the other guys in other dioceses, and developing this this um, these friendships with them so that we can spend the rest of our lives together, staying in touch, um, uh-huh. who knows, vacationing or going to retreats together or, yeah, just catching up, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, and that's the thing too, like that was something that, now that I look back on it, I was craving it baseball. And so when I saw my brother with his friends in seminary mm. and seeing, you know, Father TJ at my house with some of these other seminarians, now priests or ex um uh, ex seminarians, <clears throat> what I wanted more than anything was these kind of friendships where I could always be there for a guy and the guy could always, you know, camaraderie. Yeah. The brotherhood yeah, of priests. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, just to continue to grow in that, develop that, um, grow closer to one another, so that we can, yeah, so we, because I mean, we're all going in the same fight, right? Like, yeah. and that was the thing, like in baseball. I kind of had that. I mean, we all wanted to win, right? But different guys, at the end of the day, different guys had different plans, right? Guys were using college to get to get an education, so that when they graduated, they can move on with their lives. Because uh, not everybody's going to yeah, go to major I mean, leagues. Yeah, nobody, yeah. I mean, not everybody's yeah pursuing pr- the pros. Yeah. Um, even in high school, right? Like there were guys that, I mean, I, I lost contact with most of them, but there were guys that were just doing baseball in high school, and, but they were never going to pursue it in college. And so like, even in that sense, guys had different um, reasons for why they were doing what they were doing. We were all together, but they didn't have the same goal or the same mindset that I had now with these guys, we all have the same mindset.
0: You're all going towards the same. Yeah. I mean, we all
1: want to be saints. We all want to bring people closer to Christ. And yeah, just like, yeah, just be instruments of of God's love of his mercy. Um, Yeah. Bring people to the Lord.
0: So now thinking about your, you know, while you're in the middle of your pastoral year, have you any idea of where you'd like to be as a priest? What type of uh, parish would you like to be in a growing parish like St. Faustina? Would you like to be in an established parish, one with a school? Have you ever thought about what kind of parish you might want to be in once you get, you know, once you're ordained a priest?
1: Well, as I guess as a parochial vicar, uh-huh. I think anything would work. Like this place would be amazing to be at as a parochial vicar. Um, uh, especially because by that time we get close to actually building the church yes, and like the new building will be done by that point. And like, there'll be more development here. So it'd be cool to like come back and see how much y'all have grown since my time as a pastoral year seminarian. Um, I mean something that I, I think maybe the Lord is drawing me to would be like something maybe like college ministry. Okay. Like working with young adults or working with with teenagers, because like something that I I'm really passionate about is like walking with these kids. Because I mean they're at such crucial times in their lives, right? Like yes, kids in high school, kids in in college, they're they're working towards their their career. They're working towards what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Yes, like they're making big decisions. Yes. And so my thing is like to help them make these big decisions with the Lord present, with the Lord with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like showing them that they don't have to make these big decisions on their own. that um, like the Lord is actually there, waiting to to guide you. You just got to say yes. Um, the Lord is pointing to like the Lord is pointing towards this path for you. You just got to say yes.
0: So for your diaconate year, you might want to be someplace with high school?
1: I haven't really thought about it. Um, I know Father Richard, so Father Richard uh, McNeely has this, has this, he has this thought that I could be a good prison minister, uh, I'd mm. be good at prison ministering. I guess he thinks I got some some hood, some thug life in me that makes him suggest that I can relate to these guys in a way that other people may not relate. Which I'm like, all right, man, that's messed up. Uh, so you're basically calling me a thug. You're calling me a, uh, I don't know, an inmate, whatever you want. Like,
0: uh huh.
1: All right, cool. Um, I guess I've never done prison ministry, so I don't know,
0: uh-huh.
1: uh huh, what that's like. Um. He's also talked about me possibly doing, yeah, like college ministry or something. Uh-huh.
0: Or what about something in between, like perhaps uh juvenile detention type thing?
1: I never thought about it. And that's the thing too. I mean, I don't really focus on much of what what I can do because I'm really more concerned with the now. The here and now. Yeah.
0: Being here at St. Faustina yeah. right now, your pastoral yeah. year.
1: I'm just, and, and I'm, and I'm receiving what the Lord is giving to me at these moments, at this time, at this year, I right? Yeah, and I'm just I'm am just here for the ride, man. Like I'm just enjoying it. I'm letting the Lord lead, and I do my best to say yes uh, to His will, and just continue to be as much as I can to be a disciple, to be an instrument of His of His love and His peace.
0: Going back to your your family, mm-hmm. how have they taken this whole process of you becoming a priest? Did it catch them off guard of you pursuing the priesthood, or
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say yes because if you ask any of my family members, they would say that I was not the most well behaved, (laughs) and they probably still think that I don't behave. Um, So, were they
0: surprised that you made it this far?
1: To be honest, I don't even think they really pay attention Uh, because most of my family don't really practice the faith, right? And so they don't know the kind of journey I'm on. Okay, like they don't know what it means to. They don't know what the process of becoming a priest looks like. They don't know what. Um, well, I mean, like, they're seeing it, but they don't. Uh-huh.
0: Maybe you know, just your brother.
1: Yeah, but even then, I'm mean, I'm way past where, where he was. was yeah. Okay. Um, I I mean, all three of my brothers are supportive. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm thinking mostly mostly of like my nieces and nephews. They're such in their own world that they're like, oh, well, he's off at school somewhere doing something. Uh huh. Doesn't really doesn't really concern me. Uh-huh. So and like I but like I said, they don't they don't go to mass, they don't they're not really close or really focused on their faith life. So what about your parents?
0: Have they said anything to you about your pursuit of the priesthood?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, so at first, so my parents were the last people I actually told from the family. Uh-huh. Because uh, for my mom's sake, I'm the youngest, so she has, I guess I would say more attachment to me than she does the older, my older brothers. Okay. They're all married. They're yeah. older and I'm the youngest. And so like when I took off to Chicago, that really hit her. Oh, like, Yeah. She struggled a lot. And so to like have to leave her again would, would have been probably more devastating to her. But even then, now that I look back on it, it's like, yeah, the Lord used Chicago as a way to like kind of toughen her up in that sense. Cause yeah, I was going to Louisiana, which isn't as far as Chicago. But she was used to the, she had already seen what it's like to not have me at home every day. Okay. Right. And so, but even then, like me pursuing priesthood, it was something Uh good, right? It was something like I wanted to give my life uh, to God and not to some other crazy thing. So she was willing to accept that. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad, that was a different story because he like, and this was part of the reason why I wanted to finish my degree because my brother had such a bad experience with my dad with, because um, he was studying to be an engineer at the time. And I think he was around the same. Yeah. I think we we're on the same boat. We were very close to finishing our degree mm-hmm. and we both decided to enter seminary. And so like, that was a fear that I had with as far as applying to was like, I don't want to make the same mistake quote unquote that my brother did because he lost his, his credits towards getting a philosophy degree. Uh-huh. And so he has a philosophy degree behind his, uh, under his belt, but he doesn't, like all the engineering stuff that he did, I mean.
0: It got left behind.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he probably still knows how to do all this stuff. But uh-huh. He doesn't have a piece of paper to back it up. And so that was something like, all right, don't make the same mistake that the that he did. Like, just go ahead and finish and then go. You can go, like, let that be plan B if it has to. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah like i said i mean i was at i was very restless in classes i uh-huh. knew this was not what i wanted where i wanted to be what i wanted to do so I was like why am i here in business class yeah, yeah. okay and so he he was definitely the last person i told i was going to seminary and it wasn't and that was the thing too like that was the first time well the second time because the first time i ever made a like a big decision on my own uh-huh. without asking for their advice or anything was leaving baseball so, mm. like when I told my parents, I I didn't ask them if I could stop playing. I told them I'm not playing anymore. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Uh huh. And so that was the first time. And I, I think that hit my dad pretty hard. Because our entire lives was just Yeah, he had
0: supported you yeah, for so long. Uh-huh. He had
1: spent a lot of money on me. Uh,
0: so what what was it like when you told him about, you know, entering the seminary?
1: Well, that was the thing too. So I didn't ask him for permission. Uh huh. I was like, look, I'm going to seminary. I've applied. I've been accepted. Uh-huh. I'm leaving in August. I'm like, All right. Well, and so he's like, "All right, if that's what you want to do," uh-huh. that was about it. Okay. And so he didn't say no. But even if he said no, I mean, I wouldn't have listened. You had, you had your mindset already. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So looking forward to becoming a priest. What do you look forward to the most?
1: Oh man, being with the people, man. To be able to hear their confessions, to be able to celebrate mass for them, to be able to walk with them in their journey towards marriage, or um, helping them grow in their relationship with the Lord, uh-huh. working with the kids, right? With with the high schoolers, and I mean, look, uh, I am not the, uh, I am not built for elementary kids. <laughs> I that is a weakness of mine. I do not know how to interact with those kids. Um, so like even now when they try to throw me in CCE or whatever, I'm like, nah, <laughs> no, no,
0: <laughs> that's not your forte.
1: That's not. It's not. Uh,
0: You're more of the high school kid. Yeah, because it's. That. I
1: guess for me, it's easier to connect with them okay um and yeah like guys people my age and older kind of maybe uh that's something you'll develop i mean it's definitely going to stretch me here that's for (laughs) sure especially because there's so many young families yeah. yeah and i mean that's the thing too like i i realize now i have to interact with kids differently than i act with my nieces and nephews yeah because if one of my nieces and nephews annoy me, I could just kind of like flick them off or <laughs> give them a, a knock across the head. But I can't do that with uh, Sally's daughter, right? Or or Joe's son. So I got to behave myself. So how do I actually like interact with these kids without saying things or calling them names? Because I call my nephews names. And so I know I can't do that to these kids. It's a different relationship. Yeah. That's- so. In that sense, yeah, like I don't see myself, I mean, yeah, I want to spend time with the kids and everything, but mm-hmm. I know I think my, my heart would be more towards helping high school kids, um, young adults, kids in college, or however you want to put it, um, all those, that type. And I get older people too, I guess, the elderly, um, yeah, preparing people for for the end of life, right, like for their death. those are beautiful moments right like in the fact like i can't give those sacraments yet like the anointing and stuff like that but like to just see to be a witness to those moments yeah man it's so it's incredible i can't wait to do this
0: gets it right there
1: yeah i was like man so i mean yeah i look forward to all of that as a priest god willing
0: well thank you so much for coming on the show and we Wish you the best of luck, and we no, thank you very much. look forward to the rest of the time that you have here at St. Faustina and and beyond, and yes. we can't wait till your ordination at, to the transitional diaconate and then eventually priesthood. Yeah,
1: no, I definitely look forward to it, and I, God willing, be able to celebrate a Thanksgiving mass here, just like the other guys have done.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. and we look forward to having you on the show again, oh, you know, yeah, in, the uh, in the different, in the different, you know, the different stages. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you.